Hi, and welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, music, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. We are living in an unprecedented and challenging time, but we invite you to listen in and be encouraged as we fight through this together. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening. I heard that song almost 33 years ago. As I walked in as a campus student, I was 19 years old, and I walked into uh, a church. And it wasn't just one voice, one beautiful voice like that, but it was 1,200 voices singing Jesus is Lord. And then all the sopranos broke out, and they began to sing. He was born to die at Calvary to redeem a lost humanity. Conquering death, he rose triumphantly, and now he reigns for all eternity. That was the first communion I ever had, listening to those words. And it sounded like angels. And for the first time in all my life, and I didn't want to go to church that day, but through a series of events, God had persuaded me. And I walked in, and I heard those voices, And for the first time, I experienced church. And that, that uh, that, that one portion of the song was the first sermon, first communion I ever heard. And it opened my heart to hear God's word where Brother Bruce Williams, he preached the message. And that message was about intelligent design. And it was about the space shuttle and how the space shuttle just didn't appear, but how, you know, it had all these engineers and all these technicalities and how the same with our bodies and the universe and our planet. And it was the first sermon that ever made sense because my heart opened up because of the songs that were sung and hearing everyone. I, I was not listening to a choir. I was sitting in the choir and God through song changed my heart. I wanted to share that this morning as we begin. Today's lesson is, the title of the lesson is Lord of Song. Now, normally we do all the, oh, hey, I'm Tim Blake. Great to be with you, church. Uh, But y'all are family. Uh, Actually, the last time I saw y'all like this, we were in Newington. We were up in Hartford two years ago, March 1st. Uh, Actually, we were in, in Hartford and Kevin Miller preached. And then the pandemic started. That's why we'll never have Kevin preach again. Then the pandemic started, and then, you know, the whole world stopped. It is really good to be with y'all. I'm grateful to be uh, here with the Sackingers. Uh, I I was thinking about how to say it, but they have, uh, they are, they are incredible. And 
uh, it's different because I know you, you have them with you all the time. And so you really don't understand what God has provided y'all with. And they definitely, you have provided for them too. They need you. But they are incredible. My wife Sam and I are, are so grateful to be with them. We spend a lot of time with them. Uh, normally in the past, people will get them front and say, oh, they're our best friends and all that. In, in all reality, they have been, uh, we have been life supports for each other in a lot of ways here. Uh, they have uh, mentored us, given advice. Honestly, we get together at Panera and just kind of share and vent uh, with one another and uh, just give each other solace. So I really appreciate it. I know um, uh, Pat and Lamisha are gone. And so the reason even uh, Octavia gave me hassles this morning, she saw my, she saw my, my fly gear. And she said, did you just come from the gym? And I said, well, you know, Pat is gone. I had to bring some youth here. So anyway. It is great to be with y'all. I see a lot of escapees from the north. Normally people escape from the south and go north, but uh, Odoom coming down, Kyra, I saw several of y'all that have been at UConn. Uh, it's really, really good to be with you uh, this morning. Today we're going to talk about uh, uh, God being the Lord of song. And the reason I wanted to do that, we're going to turn with me over to Ephesians chapter 5. I, in Hartford this year, uh, we're going through the book of Ephesians, and we're talking about lordship, and I know you did a little portion on that uh, back in February. And one of the issues I realized in, in talking to our congregation and just examining my own self and my walk with God is that I realized after reading this passage and reflecting on it, there's a part of Jesus' lordship that I had no longer submitted to, even though it had changed my life. Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 17 the Bible reads, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to the Father, uh, to the God and Father of, of every, for everything in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. And uh, reading that, we're, we're going through, and, and Paul gives all these instructions to the church at Ephesus, and he's giving them all of these, uh, these directives and, and calling them to repent from sin, to walk in the darkness. But and through all of that, he says, don't get drunk on wine, be filled with the Spirit. And he says, then sing songs to one another. And, you know, songs, hymns, spiritual songs. And we generally will do this. Uh, with other passages, when it says encourage one another, love one another, uh, show, forgive one another, all of those we grab a hold of. But when he talks about singing to one another, we don't hold that in the same regard. And song has something very, very powerful throughout the scriptures. If, can you advance a slide for me? I think I may have stepped on your cord. So, little quick thing before we get into the sermon. Can we go to the next slide? You got Kofi? Are we disconnected? It's all right. In the Bible, there are 185 songs. 185. 150 of those are in the Psalms. That's about 80%. The Song of Solomon, the good one. That's in there. Whole lot of stuff about gardens and pomegranates and all that good stuff. Anyway. They're love songs. And then you've got uh, Lamentations, because everything's not a love song, and, and 
Lamentations is a song, it's a dirge, a song of heartbreak over the, the discipline that God had imposed on Jerusalem, on Israel. You got a little Bible trivia. The first song in the Bible, Exodus 15. The last song in the Bible, Exodus 15. Do you know who wrote them? Don't say the Spirit. <laughs> Moses and Miriam. The first and last song in the Bible. As they were leaving captivity, singing a song. As they're going on in, as we're going on into heaven, singing a song. And uh, it's amazing for me, I, I, as I was reading through all of those, discovering uh, all these things, I'm like, man, God, singing is so important as a part of our walk with God. Can we go to the next? If we can't, let's see. I don't know if I could do it. Not working. It's all good. We'll figure it out as we go. Songs are super important. It's like having, actually, are we there? Not there. There are songs of commemoration, songs of education, songs of celebration. There's lamentation. There's coronation. There's exhortation. And there are all these different songs, they all have different purposes. Uh, there are songs that uh, Israel used. We can go back. There are songs that Israel used to teach, to celebrate uh, God's accomplishments, to inform us on who God is. Songs are important. Some of you guys do not know how to recite all, this, all the books of the Bible without the song. That's how we learn it. Uh, that's how we remember. We don't know how to do it otherwise. I would ask someone to come up, but we don't have time. These are some of the different examples of how the Bible talks about praise and worship. There is shakah, the primary Hebrew word for worship. There's a lot of crazy exuberant praise, like when David danced before, with all his heart before the ark of the Lord. Uh, there's shabak, loud praise, uh, tehillah, the song of, songs of praise, zamar, music accompanied by strings. You guys do that very well here. Yada, extending the hands and thanksgiving and praise. Ta-da, <laughs> Tauda. Uh, I was about to say ta-da. Uh, Tauda, thanks, thanks and offering. And Barak, kneeling before God in humble submission. There are all these different ways that God gives us. He gives us his outlet to have as part of our experience with him. And I asked a group of, I asked a group of worship leaders, I said, because I, I posed the question to myself, I said, how often as part of my walk with God in a seven-day period do I sing? Besides Sunday and midweek. And I was like, wow, I'll probably sing maybe once or twice a week. So I asked the worship leaders, how often do you sing? And one worship leader said zero. Besides what they do on Sunday or rehearsal and midweek. And I was like, wow, that's like a preacher only reading his Bible when he comes before the church. That's not good. Then I asked a group of evangelists from across the country. We are on a text chain. So I asked them, I said, brothers, how often do y'all sing and, you know, what's part of your walk with God? And two brothers said, oh, every day, because they grew up that way. They're, that was their tradition and part of their walk with God. Every day, one brother said, it's like breathing. Another brother said, zero. I don't sing at all. And I realized after studying the scripture and reading what Paul told the church in Ephesus, because it was so important for them, I realized it's like having a smartphone and all you do with it is make phone calls. 
you do is like you're looking at this thing that you paid $1,000 for, and all you do is make phone calls. When it has all these other features that could literally make your life easier, and you're like, well, all I can do is make phone calls. And you don't even save it. You have to punch in the numbers. It doesn't make sense. And with our walk with God, we neglect generally as a people a major part of our relationship with him. Because sometimes prayer, we get stuck. Sometimes Bible, you know, you read the Bible. I'm reading through the Bible in, the, in a year again, and I've done it so often. And some, I just finished uh, the book of Ruth. And before I started, I, in my heart, I was like, man, I'm reading this again. I know about Boaz and, you know, the, all, I, just, I'm, I literally in my heart, that's what I, I was feeling and thinking. And sometimes we need song to get us unstuck, to, to help our hearts move. And they're all different types. We're going to talk about three different types of song today. Song of example. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome We're going to look at Acts 16, but that song sung in that way, I was at, a, at one of our services in Hartford, and a sister, Jenny Coach, she got up and she sang that verse before the congregation joined. And I don't know what was going on with me, but I started to cry. And then I looked over and there was another sister, Heather, I looked at her, and then she's crying. Then we look at one another and we're like, oh. What I realize is that, that together our hearts were moved by song. And I want to share something really quickly. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. One of my favorite passages. Paul and Silas, they were out on their missionary journey. Uh, God had directed them one place and then another. And uh, they got arrested as they were apt to do. Verse 25 it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. 
the jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? The song of example. God not only, he gives us uh, the, 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 the directive to sing, to worship, to sing songs to one another. But at all times, and here, Paul and Silas, they were doing what God had called them to do. Uh, even they were, they were going, and the Spirit shut two doors. They got to where they were. God had already blessed them. Lydia had become a Christian. And then they get to a place where Paul's annoyed by someone who is uh, 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 an evil spirit that is walking around behind them, you know, a hype person behind them. Hey, these are the people of God. He's like tired of it. Get the demon out. Then they got arrested. They're in prison, it's midnight. And I don't know about you, I'm thinking, God, I did what you told me to do. I've been fluid, I've been working with the Spirit, I tried to go here, no, tried to go there, and then you gave me this dream, I did that, Lydia got back, man, God, I've been doing it. What's going on, Lord? Why me? Like all these, they're going to laugh at me. They're going to think my faith is whatever. You know, I got Silas over here. He's following my lead. That's what would have been in my heart. But yet Paul and Silas, it says they were singing and singing hymns and praying. And you know what it says? It says that the prisoners were listening to them. And as God intervened, the jailer knew exactly where to go. What must I do to be saved? So see, the question for each one of us is not only does God command us to sing, but part of our example, our lives are to be a song. And Paul and Silas, they weren't whining. They were singing. They weren't complaining. They weren't processing. They weren't taking space. They were singing and praying. And people were listening. You know, to each one of us in this room, our lives are a song. Our lives are a song. In our example, people are listening whether we want to know it or not, whether we believe it or not. In our workplaces, in our classrooms, in our families. People are watching. They're listening. And some people, they're listening to see if it's true. Some people are listening because they want to be inspired. They want to be able to hop in on your note and say, I want to sing that too. I want to enjoy. I want to be right there with them. There are others, honestly, they're listening to discredit you and to discredit the Bible, to discredit God. They're listening so that they can have an excuse to not obey. All that being said, people are listening to the song you're singing. How is your example? You know, songs, they help us. And, and let, let's, let's be clear about this. Every song in the Bible is not hard fighting soldier. Every song in the Bible is not thank you, Lord. Have you read the last verse of Psalm 88? Have you got, anybody know Psalm 88? One of my all-time favorites, the last verse is the darkness is my closest friend. And that's how it ends. That's it. And you're like, well, what about the, I know the darkness is my close friend, but God's got me. No, 
as the psalmist is pouring out his heart and as that song is written, he's saying, this is just where I'm at and how I feel. And see, even the, the challenge with us and our examples, even in the world, sometimes we need to allow people to see us work it out with God through our troubles and our hardships. And I think sometimes we think that, you know, we look at even Jesus and we think, well, Jesus, he always, you know, held it together and was this paragon of strength. But no, Jesus, even with his disciples, he says, my heart is troubled. He says, man, I despair even of, I, I despair even of life. If you read John chapter 12, he says, man, my heart's distracted. He goes, I have a baptism to undergo. He goes, I wish it was already here. He struggled. And he allowed those around him to see him work it out with the Father. And so sometimes we, we're singing a song, but it's not in our key. It's not where we're really at. We're trying to sing joy. And people are looking at us like, something don't sound right. You're not keeping it real. And people know. But if we're, if we're, we're honest and we're, we're, we're honest and all the Psalms, they go through all the different, uh, you know, David and his repentance in Psalm 51 as he's singing out to God. He's sharing about his own sinfulness. I think for some of us, we've got we've to be an example of weakness so that the world can see God's strength. We are stepping on God's note. Paul and Silas were an example and as a result, the jailer and his whole family were saved. Around you right now, there are people watching, watching, and listening. And when the earthquake comes, they may not know where to run. They may not know where to go because you're singing the wrong song. You're not singing praise. You're not singing uh, resolve. You're not singing faith faithfully. We have an example and people are listening. Next. There's a song of connection. Oh, I'm sorry. Song of salvation. We're going to skip the point. I had a sister admonish me. She told me, don't go long. She's going to stand up. We're going to go song of salvation. I won't say her name. Be still, my soul. The hour is hastening on. When My wife and I had our first son uh, in August 2006 after uh, four, almost five years of trying. Um, and nothing was wrong, just God's timing. And this song is what I would sing with my son uh, every night. This was kind of our thing, and that's how we knew it was nighttime. And, uh, but this song, in those words, we shall meet at last. 
Uh, my mom passed away in 2016, September. Uh, it was sudden. And these words resonated with me. In 2008, my wife and I, we lost a child. As we were pregnant, we lost a child. This song has helped me work through. These are songs of salvation. And there are, thousands, there are, are, are tons of them. Uh, if you know the story of, of It Is Well With My Soul. And it's the tragic story, but that turned into one of the most uh, moving songs, Christian songs in history. The Bible is filled with songs of salvation that we need, and I'm going to share a video with you here in a bit uh, that will help. But let's look over in Psalm 22. Psalm 22. We sing... Because it brings salvation. Psalm 22. We're going to read the entire thing. Sister, do not stand up. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's a great way to start a psalm. Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry out to you by day, but you do not answer. By night, and am not silent. Yet... You are enthroned as the Holy One. You are, you are the praise of Israel. In our Father, in you, our fathers put their trust. They trusted you and, deli and you delivered them. They cried to you and you, I'm sorry, they cried to you and were saved. In you, they trusted and were not disappointed. But I am a worm and I am not a man, scorned by men and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their hands. Shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you. Even at my mother's breast from birth, I was cast upon you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Do not be far from me. For trouble is near and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions tearing their prey, open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like I'm poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It is melted away within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. And lay you lay me in the dust of death. Dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men has encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. But you, O oh Lord, be not far off. O oh my strength, come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from me. Uh, deliver my life from the sword. My precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lion. Save me from the horns of the, of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my brothers. In the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him, revere him. All you descendants of Israel, for he has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise and the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. They who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. 
and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, for he has done it. That psalm, written in about 1,000 1000 B.C., and we read that and it sounds familiar, doesn't it? It sounds really familiar. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, why, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Those were the words of Jesus as he hung on the cross. Jesus was quoting the words to a song on the cross. And as Jesus felt that separation from the Father, as he took on all of our sin, he felt those words. And I'm sure as a young Jewish boy, he heard those songs. In that, as he hung on that cross, he was reminded and exclaimed those words. And I think for each one of us, no matter what we're going through, God has a song for you. You happy? God's got a song for that. You mad? God's got a song for that. You're looking around with your neighbors, and they're making all this money, and you're struggling. You know what I mean? There's a song for that, Psalm 73. There's one for you there. You mad at God? There's a song for that too. God, I've done all this, and you just you left me hanging. There's a song for that. You need to repent. You got darkness in your heart. There's a song for that. There is literally a song for everything. We are supposed to be the singing family of God. We share a common song, the song of the Savior. And at the very end, you know, Jesus, he quotes this song, and I I think, you know, resonates with us. We hear, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we're like, oh, I get that. But I believe he not only, he quoted that part because he was feeling it, but also because of the last section of the song where it says, I will proclaim, I will proclaim your praise with my brothers in the congregation. The poor, they're going to be satisfied. And people, future generations will know, and they will say, he has done it. And literally, here we are in 2022. And we're singing today. I will speak softly of the Lord who lives inside of me. Did you guys listen to all the words you sang today? Jesus got the power over death, hell, and the grave. That power lives in us. If you are visiting today, if you are visiting or you're studying the Bible, there's a song for you too. There's a song of salvation for you too. And it's not always uh, joyful. There are songs for every phase of your life and your walk with God. God wants us to sing. He wants us. You, he does not command us to be on key. He does not command us to be perfectly in tune. He just calls us to sing out to him. The Bible, just, just as a quick reference in Zephaniah, the Bible says that God sings over us. And if you read uh, Isaiah chapter 43, God is the ultimate love song singer. 
He says, hey, when you walk, when you walk, you know, you walk through the fire, you won't get burned. You're going to walk through the water, but it won't overcome, overcome. I got you. He's like singing love songs, song of song type stuff to us. God has a song for you. You've got to open up the Bible and find your song. You're in there. Your, your, your verse is in there. I'm so grateful I was able to find my verse 33 years ago as God brought me on into his fellowship. And it's not just for us here. It's for our brothers all around the world. I'm grateful that uh, uh, you guys showed the video from Ukraine. I wanted to show you a quick video. A song of salvation. Let's see if this works. an awesome God, Polish version. I share that video that the brother uh, who was uh, filming, his name is Mike Carnes. Mike Carnes is working on getting restored. Uh, he's, he's been working on his restoration with the church uh, for a bit. And when, he, when, the, when, the, uh, when the Ukraine stuff broke out, when the war broke out, uh, he texted me and said, hey, I want to go help. Like, what can I do? I'm like, bro, I don't know. I can put a call in. I don't know. You know, you want to get money. And he said, no, no, no. He goes, look, I'm not asking for permission. <laughs> I want to go help. He goes, I can get over there. And I'm like, okay, well, let me see what I can find out. So that was on the Thursday. The next Monday, I was talking to a brother, and he said, oh, yeah, Mike is over in Poland right now. He caught a flight over to Krakow, and he was there. Then he flew to Warsaw and began to help with that small, help with the small group just you know, financially giving some money, helping brothers and sisters that were coming over to find uh, hotels and that kind of stuff. And then he sent this video of them singing Awesome God. Them singing Awesome God. And I was like, and he's come back. Mike has come back a different man. He's come back as hard as softer. And I just thought about that, that even in the midst of those struggles, and some of you may have seen uh, how many people have saved, uh, the people that have been baptized in, in Ukraine since this has started, but they're singing. And God has a song of salvation for them. God has a song of salvation for each one of us. No matter what juncture in life, Jesus, he quoted the song on the cross, and I believe it's what helped him to cross the finish line to help bring us across the line as well. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, God calls us to sing. He's the Lord of songs. There's songs of example, and we've got to watch out what our example is. We've got to ask ourselves, what song are we singing to the world? There's songs of connection, which we didn't deal with so much, but part of our walk with each other is singing. And lastly, the song of salvation. God is singing to us, and God is singing a song of invitation to us, and we've got to respond. And God has a song for us to sing to the world so that they can know how awesome is our God. Amen. Love y'all.
This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.